more. Hi, I'm Rachel, single mom to a four-year-old boy. I am so sick of adapting myself for other people's needs. I did that throughout my marriage. I felt like I lost myself and got completely taken advantage of. But honestly, I don't know how to stop being so codependent, and I'm afraid I will never be able to have my needs met. And that's one of the things that we cover here all this month. We are talking about courage. My name is Robert Beeson. And I'm Kimberly Mitchell, and we are so glad that you are here with us today. Yes, we are. We're Mm -hmm. also glad, as we're talking about courage this month, to have Elizabeth Cole in the studio for us to talk about finding courage as a codependent. Good times. Elizabeth, (laughs) how are you? Uh, A little nervous, but I'm happy to be here. (laughs) This is going to be good. No, it will. See, all three of us are card-carrying, recovering codependents. (laughs) But I want you, Elizabeth, to just give us one example of what your codependency has cost you. Relationships and connection. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a big one. Yeah. Well, before we get started, we dive in deeper. I want to say this, and I say it every single week, but it's really that important. If you are a single parent, you need to know that you are not alone. There is hope. Yeah. And Robert and I, listen, we've been on this journey. We were single parents for a long time, and we know the difficulty that you are facing. But we also know how your life can be transformed, how you can be transformed because of this difficult season you are walking through. And we'll tackle some tough stuff. Like, I feel like that's going to happen today. <laughs> but like Robert just said, we will always end in a place of hope because that's that's who Jesus is. That's right. Not only is there hope, but in all seriousness, I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, you can actually overcome all that you've lost. Mm-hmm. So welcome to the Solo Parent Podcast. One of the things that we hear more than anything else a solo parent is how so many of us deal with codependency. We've in one way or another lost ourselves, our identity or our purpose or voice, because we have revolved our world around making someone else happy in order to make us feel whole. Or maybe it's just me. (laughs) There are a lot of things that we could talk about related to courage, but maybe nothing more important than establishing how to have courage as a codependent to discover wholeness again. Mm. So that we can have our own voice Mm -hmm. and our own identity moving forward. So today we're going to talk about it. But listen, first, if you're listening to this while you're driving or you're doing something using both (laughs) of your hands, maybe a costume attendant changing someone's outfit. Oh, well, okay. Because, you you know, you got the pins. Yeah, 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 for sure. You got to make sure they they fit Oh, yeah, don't don't poke someone. No, or let their... (laughs) Or let their clothes fall off. Oh, yeah. Well, you got well, yeah. to stick with <laughs> it. So if that's you and you're listening to our podcast while you're doing that and you can't write something down, don't you worry. Everything will oh, be gosh. in our show notes. Yeah. I'm really happy about those. I know <laughs> you are. Notes. All right. What is a codependent? Why do I have a card for it? <laughs> Why am I on the list? No, seriously, let's start by defining what a codependent is. We we have a handy list. That is called, You Might Be a Codependent If, and Elizabeth is going to read some of those examples just to see if we all like fit in that category. Listen. <laughs> okay. We do. So, we do. Yeah. So um, if you caretake, think of like... If you think and feel responsible for other people, for other people's thoughts, feelings, actions, choices, wants, needs, well-being, lack of well-being, or their ultimate destiny, 
you might be a codependent. Isn't that parenting? (laughs) (laughs) You would think. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, Maybe you blame yourself for everything. Um, You have low self-worth and you always feel like a victim or you feel a lot of guilt. You have a lot of shoulds. Um, You repress Mm. your feelings. You push your thoughts and feelings out of um, awareness because of fear and guilt. Um, You tend to obsess. You feel terribly anxious about problems and people. You worry about the silliest things. You think and talk a a lot about other people. You worry. Mm. You never find answers. Mm. You live in denial. You have um, controlling behaviors. Excellent. Like, you know, um, (laughs) poor communication, weak boundaries, lack of trust, anger, you deny things. You ignore problems or pretend they aren't happening. You know, so stuff here we like are. that. Just, just stuff like a that. Really, really <clears throat> you know. simple yeah. list. Yeah. Well, I think it's no safe to say we all have <laughs> some form of codependency. Uh, I'm going to read an example or a definition by leading expert on the matter, Melody Beatty, the author of the handbook on the subject, "Codependent No More," <laughs> which is a great title. Um, a codependent person is one who has let another person's behavior affect him or her, and who is obsessed with controlling that person's behavior. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so Elizabeth, you're on the hot seat today. Woo-hoo! <clears throat> you are brave enough to come down here and own your own codependency, and we're <laughs> so tired. grateful for that, and um, and to tell us what you've learned from it. So talk to us about how this shows up or showed up in your life. So that definition uh-huh. is... It should read, it should have my picture beside it. It does. Yeah, it does. Okay, okay, great. As long as Melody Baby knows. So I think um, it wasn't until I got outside of my marriage that I was able to see that I was the picture poster Mm. child of codependency. But specifically with my ex, I took so much responsibility for him and his issues that I lost myself. I did everything in my power to make sure he was completely comfortable. Um, Things, you know, he wasn't going to react in any certain way. He wasn't going to get angry. He wasn't going to feel shame. He wasn't going to feel hurt. Mm -hmm. Nothing. He wasn't going to have to feel responsible for any of his actions. He wasn't Mm going to have to um, step into his alcoholism. He wasn't going to have to step into ways that he hurt me or things that he said, gaslit me, that sort of thing. Um, I, I basically took all the responsibility Mm -hmm. for it and it showed up day in and day out. As a matter of fact, my counselor said later on that I didn't let him feel the natural consequences of life, Mm -hmm. um, because I always rescued him. And, just in general, I am someone who takes responsibility yeah. um, to my own detriment. Mm-hmm. I'll take responsibility for things that aren't mine to take responsibility like it's your fault for. Or something yeah, else. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I can always find where I've been responsible in something that's played out or <laughs> something that's happened. So true. And another piece of that, and that has shown up consistently throughout my life, is um, I. It took a long time for me to figure out what I wanted. You know, I don't. I think about that movie. Um, I don't know if every if anyone ever watched it, but Runaway Bride with yeah. Julie Roberts. Yes. You know how she had to figure the out what eggs. kind of eggs she yes. liked at the end? Mm. That, Absolutely. That's totally me. Uh-huh. Like that was me uh-huh. figuring out what I wanted mm-hmm. um, because it was always based on what mm-hmm. everybody yeah. else wanted. I didn't necessarily, I don't think I have ever been the person that like has adapted so much that I would be like, oh, I like my eggs over easy because let me tell you, I do not and will never <laughs> like over easy eggs. But 
I don't think it was to that point, but it was to the point where it was like I never spoke up for Mm -hmm. and saying like, oh yeah, I want to have Chinese food today. Mm -hmm. I don't know why this is all revolving revolving around food, but you know what I mean. Like I want to go on a hike today. No, Mm -hmm. I don't want to go to the pool, or I want to do, or I don't want to do something, or I don't want to do something. Yeah, exactly. And that showed up. You know, has always shown up, and even today, like yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's I a totally lot get that. for me to speak up. Uh-huh. It's always been a problem for me. Um, growing up yeah. as a missionary kid, it was always um, my self esteem, my self worth was based on how I pleased everybody else mm-hmm. and those around me. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it cost me a great deal because I found out that I I set up my relationship based on my codependency. Mm-hmm. I found someone, or they found me. How, however, you want to look at it that was totally down with someone else meeting yeah. all their needs. Yeah. And so it started a very dysfunctional, toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it's not sustainable. And it's not the other person's fault. It's not mm-hmm. my ex's fault. I, I have to take some of the responsibility. Mm-hmm. I didn't walk into it with a firm grasp on, like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. This is what I need. And the, <laughs> I'm not talking about being a narcissist, but just yeah. being self-aware. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. And being able to speak up, like mm-hmm. you were talking about, Elizabeth, it, it was it took a long time for me to go, okay, what do I actually like and what do I mm. actually not like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Kim? How did codependency play out in your life? Yeah. I am both of you people. <laughs> um, like, well, listen, I love being a preacher's kid. I have amazing parents. Yeah. However, that can do something to you being raised in the church because you are, I don't know, but well, I'm sure it's Sam, like brought up to serve and other people yeah. did come first all the yeah. time. And and just, yeah. And I just felt like my self-worth was always wrapped up in what I was doing in ministry or in the church. or And if I wasn't, then I wasn't pleasing God even. And right. pleasing God is a big one too, because I felt like, well, I have to do this, I have to do this for him to love me. And that is not true. That's right. And I'm like Elizabeth in that I was married to the same kind of person and just always protecting, always... Defending yes, and justifying. Defending. Still. I've been divorced 13 years, and I yeah. still do it sometimes. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, I'm both of you. And it costs... It costs a lot. It costs... You know what? It costs me time to know who I am. It costs mm-hmm. me myself. It has yeah. cost me years of, like, I feel like inside just dying and <clears throat> not, not being who God actually really created me to be and asked and the things he asked me to do because I just I didn't I didn't allow myself to be who he asked me to be. I feel like it's really cost me that. You know, I haven't <clears throat> really thought about this that much, but until you mentioned serving, mm-hmm. it is a biblical example. Yes, we are called to serve. Absolutely. But what I'm realizing as a recovering codependent is that it was a shallow serving mm-hmm. that I was doing because mm-hmm. it wasn't me. Right. I didn't know me. Yes. I just performed. Yes. So truly serving, right. you have to have a sense of self yes. first before you can give that away. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just like you're making, mm-hmm. it, it's thin. It's out uh-huh. of sh- Like mine was out of fear and guilt. <clears throat> yes. Exactly what she said, that you yeah. do things based off of fear and guilt. Right. Yeah. And that's exactly why I did it. I thought, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, if I'm not serving, then I'm not going to get into heaven. Heaven. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, right. Seriously. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. my motivation, not because my heart was right for anyone yes. or anything. You know, yeah, it's totally self-preservation. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. <laughs> so totally get that, um, Elizabeth. You were tasked with researching. 
<laughs> thank you very much, by the way, <laughs> some of the characteristics of codependency and how to start building courage. Yeah. So what have you found? Because uh, apparently Robert and I, well, me especially, need some help. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> well, I do too. And I've read Codependent No More a couple mm. of times. It's been a few years, though, and I'm actually in, like, researching for this. I feel like I need to read, read it, it again. again. <laughs> um, but I will say one of the—so she actually quotes—Melody um, Beatty quotes mm. another counselor in her book named Scott Eggleston. And he says that codependency is a way of getting our needs met without getting our needs met. Huh. Which mm. I thought was super That's interesting really and interesting. definitely very true. But I wanted to read a little bit, a little excerpt from the book, um, from the intro. And here's what Melody says. So let me just, a little backstory here. So she was kind of thrust into um, learning about codependence and sitting in groups with them, even though she herself was a recovering mm. alcoholic and addict. And and then she herself became a codependent. So she has firsthand experience yeah. on both sides of the street, which is really mm. rare, yeah. I would mm-hmm. think. So anyway, um, she said, I found codependence hostile, controlling, manipulative, indirect, guilt-producing, difficult to communicate with, and more. In my group, I saw people who felt responsible for the entire world, but they refused to take responsibility for leading and living their own lives. Mm. I saw people who constantly gave to others but didn't know how to receive. I saw people give until they were angry, exhausted, and emptied of everything. Mm. I saw some give until they gave up. I even saw one woman give and suffer so much that she died of, quote-unquote, old age and natural causes at age 33. Oh, wow. wow. She was the mother of five children and the wife of an alcoholic who had been sent to prison for the third time. I worked with women who were experts at taking care of everyone around them, yet these women doubted their ability to take care of themselves. I saw mere shells of people racing mindlessly from one activity to another— I saw people pleasers, martyrs, Mm. stoics, tyrants, withering vines, clinging vines, and borrowing from H. Sackler's line in his play, The Great White Hope, pinching up faces, giving off the miseries. Mm. Most codependents were obsessed with other people. With great precision and detail, they could recite long lists of the addict's deeds and misdeeds, what he or she thought, felt, did, and said, and what he or she didn't think, feel, do, and say. The codependents knew what the alcoholic or the addict should and shouldn't do. Mm. Y'all. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, goodbye. In a nutshell. Like, yes. seriously, that that is it. Wow. I mean, and it is such a dark and empty place. Mm. Like, mm. I remember getting to the point uh, in my marriage where, and it was not, I blame myself. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'm taking mm-hmm. responsibility. I know that, you know, my mm-hmm. ex had his role in it, but I surrounded myself not just with him, but mm-hmm. with people all around me, yeah, me that were there, mm-hmm. like that I was there to serve. Yes. And when it came to getting my own needs met, I had nowhere to turn. Yeah. Like you were just depleted. Yeah, yeah. Completely depleted. And it was such a dark and lonely place. And I had no idea. I just knew I'd just gotten to the point where I would, you know, during the week, Monday through Friday, I'm sitting, I'm at work and I'm giving my all to work and I'm mm-hmm. going and doing. And I was career driven and all that. Saturdays and Sundays. Just, I would be up in my room crying for hours, hours on end, asking God to change it.
I feel like sometimes we feel like when we're depleted, like that that's success. Like busyness, mm. like we overwork, yeah. we over everything. Like I feel like I know some people, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. And we are all busy, but, and this and this and this, but there's almost like a pride in it of, well, I'm successful because. I meet all I'm, these needs and I'm like yeah, covering yeah. all these bases. And then, and, oh, and yeah. then I'm done. Everybody needs and, me. But that's actually not. It's not healthy. It's not it, healthy. You know, it feels like super fulfilling when you're in it. Right. Like when you're doing it, like it gives that, bur- it's almost like a burst of uh-huh. adrenaline or, and there probably is, maybe there yeah. is like scientifically something there. But I just think about it on like a pendulum swing, kind of mm. going back to what I was saying before, how I'd surrounded myself with people. I was surrounding myself with people and going into codependence with them people who needed me and yeah. I could serve mm-hmm. and I could, you know, I knew in depth and I, you know, knew yeah. their thoughts and feelings. I knew what they should and shouldn't do. And yeah. I was there to rescue them. And then when it came to getting my own needs met, it sent me all the way to the other side where yeah. I learned that I couldn't get my needs met. So I just shut down and didn't have any needs. Yes. So it was yes. like, yes. I took care of everyone else's. Uh-huh. So that if you think about that on like a pendulum, all the way to the left side is codependence. And then all the way to the right side, the upper mm-hmm. right side is um, counterdependence, is mm-hmm. avoidance, basically. It's an avoidance of the fear of stepping into finding people who you mm-hmm. can trust and get your needs met with and speak up and be able mm-hmm. to do that. Because it just, I mean, and I know where that comes from in my childhood. It started, it started when I was a child. My mm-hmm. needs were not met. I was put on the back burner all the time. I was there to help raise mm-hmm. five kids and, or I was the oldest of five and I was helping raise kids. And mm-hmm. it wasn't about me and my needs. It was everybody else, you know? And so I was trained in that way. So as I got older, mm-hmm. I naturally gravitated toward people who needed me, and that made me feel important and made me feel, Mm -hmm. you know, like I was offering something to the world. And And basically what it comes down to Mm -hmm. is just an avoidance of fear, the avoidance of um, stepping into what we need. It's a protection and a survival strategy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And when we start as codependents, it's not a malicious yeah, anything. No, it is right. it's a dysfunctional thing, but we uh-huh. step into it like like you said, it's a survival mechanism. And that pendulum isn't actually a thing. It yeah. is on the one side it's codependency, yeah. where yeah. we're just, you know, our we meet our needs by meeting other people's needs. But the other side, like you're talking about, um, of this pendulum is counterdependence where you don't need anybody. I'm just yep. gonna take care of my own yeah. needs. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. you know. But what we want to try to get to is the middle of that pendulum, which yep. was which is interdependence, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. And so basically, I talked to my counselor about this and just kind of try to get her thoughts on it because she's an expert in the matter, not me, yeah. and has seen me walk through this over the past four and a half, five years or so. And so basically what she said is that when you have interdependence, it means that I have a self and I have me and I have the ability to take the risk. Um, because I'm defined by Christ and who I am and who he who he says I am. Um, it doesn't mean I don't make mistakes and I don't struggle, but I can go into humility and take responsibility for what is my responsibility. When we go into the basically interdependence is um, having an adult consciousness that drives the bus, whereas on counterdependence and codependence, it's the child driving the bus. It's the survival strategies. It's the mechanisms that we use to keep ourselves safe. Mm-hmm. And all it's doing is um, 
creating distrust. Um, it's controlling and manipulative, mm-hmm. and it is um, breaking connection mm-hmm. and relationship. And that is the one thing that we're all searching for. Right. We all need re- connection. Connection. Yeah. yeah. And when we are when we are codependent, we disconnect from ourselves, which means we're unable to actually connect with other people because yeah. we're not really ourselves. So Elizabeth, yeah. I want to ask you this: after recognizing this all in your life. Yeah. How did you start to adopt courage to make a change? Like you um, recognize all this. What we've done is we've recognized kind of what codependency is, the pendulum. Yeah. How did you personally start moving into courage? So I think at first going to counseling obviously was a huge step and like being able to sit with her and talk through and having the courage to do that, like sit and talk about it, talk about my feelings. Yeah. But then learning to feel, actually feel my feelings versus being forced to sit in a room across from somebody to talk through it. Like once I was able to train myself on feeling my feelings, um, and it's still a daily struggle, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like I can do all kinds of things to avoid fe- actually feeling my feelings. I can intellectualize things yep. to the actual, to the max, you know, without feeling them. But feeling my feelings, hugely courageous. Um and the first thing, I mm-hmm. think. And that was a huge um, way of taking care of myself, too. Like, I had to be able to understand what was going mm-hmm. in, on inside of me in order to take care of myself. It's crazy how we d- codependents don't take time to actually identify what you're feeling. So I do this yeah. mm-hmm. some mindset devotion every day. Yeah. 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 And one of the sections is we're going to take a few minutes as we're breathing to just ask yourself, what am I feeling right now in this moment? Not like in general, but like in this moment, in as you're present with your breathing, what are you feeling? And I do that because I have such a hard time doing that. Like, because yeah. my mind goes, well, I've got to take care of this. And yes. this and I feel bad about this and I feel bad about that. And, yes. and that's, that's, that's not what we're talking about. When you talk about feeling your feelings, it's like being present in your body. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the feelings that come up? Anger? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Loneliness, like what are those things? It's hard for a codependent to do that. It is. It, it is. And it's, it feels so, because you aren't used to doing that, it feels so heavy. And yeah. it feels so, like, almost overwhelming. Like, mm. like, I think my body goes into, like, freak out mode where I just, like, I just get so scared to even feel what I feel. I get scared yeah. to feel sad. I get scared yes. to feel lonely. Because we attach stuff to feelings yeah. that don't belong to feel. Feelings just right. are. They're they're neutral. They can right. go exactly. different directions. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I took you off. <laughs> yeah. So feel your feelings is number one. Feel your feelings, number one. And um, number two, speak up. Mm. So if you want like a great first step when it comes to speak up, be okay with saying no or yes, you know, mm-hmm. but you're used to yeah. saying yes. So practice saying no. Mm-hmm. Practice hearing no. Mm. That's a huge thing, too, because, like, I feel like in not being able to feel our feelings, we aren't able to hear no as often. Mm. And so when someone says, hey, I, I really care about you and I love you, but I can't do that today. Like, I can't meet that need. You're, you've, so you've spoken up. You've, you know, you've, you've said, hey, you found somebody who's safe and you say, hey, I really need you today to to hear me out on X, Y, and Z. And they're like, hey, I actually can't today. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm tied up with this, but can we talk tomorrow kind of thing? And then you have to sit in it and you yeah. have to sit in the discomfort of your things, you know, that's really hard to do. And it's really hard to not just jump to the next thing. Um, or to so, not attach a bunch of stuff to yes, Oh, yeah. So like true. I'm worthless. I guess yes. I get, I guess I can't get I guess my I needs can't met. Yeah. yeah. 
But and you go to that counter dependence type yeah. thing again. Um, and so, but that's part of being in relationship is that having that push and pull of like, they're here for me today. They might not be here for me tomorrow, and that's yeah. okay. You know, yeah. everyone gets to have their own autonomy, have their own me, you know, that sort of thing. And so, mm-hmm. but be okay. Speak up for yourself over and over and over. You will get your needs met. It might be you. It might be God. It might be another person. Mm-hmm. But it's going to, you know, you just have to continue to do that. Mm-hmm. So um, the last thing is give it to God. And I want to read a really quick excerpt. So Melody Beatty wrote The Language of Letting Go, mm. which is a daily meditation, um, daily meditations on codependency. Um, so give it to God is number three. And her excerpt is um, for, for July 11th. Um, bring any request to God. Bring any request you have to God. No request is too large, none too small or insignificant. How often we limit God by not bringing to God everything we want and need. Do we need help getting our balance, getting through the day? Do we need help in in a particular relationship with a particular character defect, attaining a character asset? Um, She goes on through a list. We can ask for it. We can ask God for whatever we need. Put the request in God's hand, trusting it has been heard, then let it go. Leave the decision to God. Asking for what we want and need is taking care of ourselves. Trust that the higher power to whom we have turned over our life really does care about us Mm. and about what we want and need. And then it says, Today I will ask my higher power for what I want and need. I will not demand. I will ask. Then I will let go. Really good practice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because we are looking for relationship with not just ourselves, and that's feeling our feelings, not just with others, and that's asking for what we want and need, but also with God. And being able Mm -hmm. to ask for what we want and need with God is a is a really great step as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, <laughs> but for me, this has not just been a hey, hey, woohoo, I recognize I'm a codependent and all of a sudden <laughs> you change. Yeah, I guess what you know, like, oh okay, that's yeah. it. And yeah. maybe some people don't want to. Maybe some people like being in it, you know? But okay. Yes, I am this. I have been this. There is no sudden complete change. And in fact, it's a long process. Yeah. But Elizabeth, how how do we walk out this process? Or how do we even decide we want to <laughs> change and move forward uh, towards interdependence? Yeah. So for me, it has been all about just stepping into the fear daily. Mm. And like, I'll give an mm-hmm. example. Um, I'm in a relationship with someone mm-hmm. now, um, and he is very bold, outspoken, opinionated, and a very strong person. Yeah. And sometimes that's hard for me to kind of speak up against, if you will. Yes. Not that I speak against him, but you know yeah. what I mean. Yes. It's yeah. hard for me to disagree with at times. Yes. And I get my feelings hurt, honestly, a little easier than others because mm-hmm. when he's being so bold and strong and right. everything, I um, tend to cower and take things, maybe get a little bit more defensive. Uh-huh. And so— it's it's just been really hard. It's been super scary for me to kind of yeah talk back, if mm-hmm. you will, <laughs> yeah. for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just take it one situation at a time. And mm-hmm. there are times when I have to sit there for about 10 minutes and decide if I'm going to do it. But I, 
I try to recognize in myself, why am I not, what's my motivation for not speaking up? And I'll catch myself thinking, I don't want him to feel shame because Mm. he hurt my feelings. And it's not that big of a deal. It's fine. I'll get over it. I know it's not what he really meant. So Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't need to say anything. And that's not true. Um, Doesn't matter how psycho it might sound. It doesn't matter how, you know, what insignificant or whatever. It actually does matter if I'm taking care of myself. And so having the practice of being able to go to him and say, and step into that fear and say, Mm -hmm. hey, this really hurt when you did X, Y, and Z, and then give him the space to show up. And that's just it. In building safety and trust and building relationships, Mm -hmm. you have to give people the ability to say what they need to say Mm -hmm. and to show up and take ownership Mm -hmm. and responsibility. And we can't continue to do that because there's no... There's no safety and connection and trust that happens in a place of not speaking up. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. So, mm-hmm. so honestly, that's probably like if I had one thing to say to people, yeah. just every day finding a way yeah. to step into the fear of yeah. speaking up. Yeah. Robert, how about you? How did you have courage to start moving <clears throat> towards interdependence? Because you're married again. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah. Well, I think— Along with everything, I agree with everything Elizabeth said. I uh-huh. I have to remember what it costs to not mm. show up with my all my feelings. Yeah. Like I recognize the bed that I made in my mm. last relationship, and I don't want that. I, yeah. I want to be known. Yeah. And I want mm-hmm. to to know. Yeah. The person I'm in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just remembering that everything has a cost. Like yeah. yeah. If I don't handle this correctly, that has a cost. Yeah. If I do handle it correctly, it has a cost. It means mm-hmm. I have to show up in the fear. Yeah. I think as as codependents, we are so conflict avoidant. Yes. Mm-hmm. We want to keep everybody happy all the time. A friend recently shared with me, I, I can't remember who it was. So I, I would credit it, but I'll just say it's my idea. Um, <laughs> No. Watch, it's one of ours, Kim. It's, yeah. one of, it's yeah, either yeah. me or you. It was me. It was, yeah. <laughs> now, someone told me the other day, he he said there's a big difference between conflict and war. Mm. Um, mm. As a codependent, we want to mm. avoid conflict. But he said, war happens mm. when conflict doesn't. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Yeah, interesting. What it means is conflict is a part of our everyday life. Right. Like, Mm. if you don't have conflict, you will eventually have war. And Mm. the difference is conflict is a mutual. Yeah. We both wrestle with something and have an outcome. Yeah. War is a winner and a loser. Mm. So if you don't figure out how to do conflict well, Mm -hmm. you will end up in a war where there's someone loses and someone wins. Right. And that is the cost that I ultimately paid with my my marriage is that- became a divorce and there was nothing mutual about it. It was like, yeah. okay, well, I'm this and you're that and this is and Yeah. So I try mm. to try to think of frame things in that. Like I this is gonna be uncomfortable, but I, I've got to say something. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not reciprocated. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. even if it's she disagrees with me. And mm-hmm. and this is not just what we say. Yeah. This isn't what we do. Am I yeah. performing to make yeah. everything right? You know? Yeah. And Kim, you know, mm-hmm. is growing up as a preacher's yeah. kid, we did everything yes. to Try to make everybody else happy. How do you see yourself? Right. How do you Mm -hmm. see yourself now? You're married again too. Mm -hmm. Not falling into some of those old habits of we of codependency Mm -hmm. by making people well, like you, like 
I don't want I don't want the same marriage, right? Like I don't want that anymore. But there's hard things. I still and it's not just a womanly thing, but there's this mothering thing of I well, I want to take care of my people. I can't all the yeah. time. And I think there's a fine line mm-hmm. in that and probably the codependency thing. Um, also, I'm older, <laughs> so maybe I speak up more. But then I, then there are days I don't. There are days where I just go with the flow. Like, I'm like, and there's that too. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm chill. I'll just go with the flow. That's not all the time. I, I'm a work in progress, you guys, like a big <laughs> one. But I will not go back and do how my first marriage was. Yeah. That was not okay yeah. in any way. I don't think going with the flow is bad. Yeah. I don't think serving is bad. Right. But if you're not showing up with your whole self oh, right. to do either one of those things, mm-hmm. that's when it becomes toxic. Yeah. That's what codependency is, mm-hmm. is where you are trying to avoid the conflict of mm-hmm. a situation by not making someone happy or mm-hmm. not saying the right thing. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be uncomfortable and you don't want other people to be that's uncomfortable. That's right. Yes. Right. Exactly. Totally. And so yeah. we avoid it. Yeah. Well, I, I want to add one last thing, mm-hmm. um, and that is the issue of codependency with our kids. Mm-hmm. We have got to be very, very careful yeah. yes. with all of these things yeah. that we are not overcompensating with our kids out of codependency. Yeah, We are here to protect them. We are here to nurture them, yes. to love them. Mm-hmm. We are not here to make sure they never experience pain. Right. We are not here to make sure they never experience any kind of heartache, any kind of... Right. And I did that wrong. I was totally codependent mm-hmm. with my girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even realize it. Mm-hmm. So this is something that's not just an adult relationship. We have to watch this yeah, with our true. kids. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth, one last question. Um, how have you benefited from having the courage to move into interdependence? I'd say the biggest thing that we're looking for, again, is connection and relationship. And that is the way, that is what my benefit has been. I have deeper, more meaningful relationships, period. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, I have actually people in my life that I can go to and get needs met. Mm. Totally true. Yeah. So yeah. Good. And you're known and yeah. you know people. Known and see, and yes, and I see and know people in a much deeper way mm. versus just keeping them happy and safe and comfortable. Right. It is sitting with people in their, yeah. in their discomfort and yeah. being able to be there with them in it and say, I'm sorry, I'm here. What yeah. do you need? Yeah. You know? Our groups are going to be great this week. I yes. can't wait to get into it. If you haven't joined a group yet, I encourage you to do that. This week, we are going to be talking about this, and you can be a part of that conversation with solo parents all around the world mm-hmm. by joining one of our groups. I know it's scary, but I'm telling you, <laughs> have the courage to jump in, and mm-hmm. and you don't have to speak in the first meeting. You can just listen. Yeah. You don't have to speak in any meeting. You can just be there, but you will be encouraged by knowing that you're not alone and the other yeah. people are going through the same thing. Yeah. Okay, so here's what I'm taking away. Um First of all, we all have codependent uh-huh, traits. All for of sure. us. In some way, some are more elevated, some are not. Yeah. But to have courage as a codependent, first of all, we have to see it for what it is. It's mm-hmm. an avoidance of discomfort. And we do that through manipulation and control. Mm-hmm. And what happens when we do act out of codependency is it creates disconnection from ourselves and from others. Mm-hmm. So number one is we have to see it for what it is. Number two, we have to own it mm. by speaking up. Identifying our feelings, speaking up to others, and Mm -hmm. showing up. Counseling, a safe group, it's important to speak your feelings, to get Mm -hmm. into the habit, the practice of speaking up. Mm -hmm. And third, take that step into discomfort and fear. Mm. And it's just a step at a time. Yeah. Takes practice. Yes. 
daily. We don't, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's not overnight. <laughs> I say there's things that I do differently now. Uh-huh. There's also things that I do exactly the same, same. as I used to. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. my default. And it's yeah. taken, you know, let's say I'm 35 years old. So it's, it's, uh, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. Been, <laughs> <laughs> plus tax. <laughs> plus tax. Yeah. Uh, and import fees and all the others. But it's taken that, that long to build this. Yeah bad thing. It doesn't yeah. change overnight. So yeah. it takes practice. So step into discomfort is the third one. Mm-hmm. And I would say this, number four, it's really important to to try to keep awareness mm, yeah. or measure our ratios of asking versus meeting needs. Like yeah. what are we asking? Are we speaking our needs yeah. as, much as, as much as we're giving to mm-hmm. other people's needs? To just be, pay attention to that. Yeah. I think is a really important part of it. Mm, so and then- good. Repeat. Just keep doing this over (laughs) Over and over. over. It is something that it doesn't go away right away. Uh We have to, to have courage as a codependent, it takes practice. Yeah. So repeat. Yeah. All right. So if you haven't downloaded our app, I encourage you to do that. There's Mm -hmm. all kinds of things for you. There's a chat room where you can connect with other single parents. You can listen to all of our podcasts, our daily devotions, join one of our groups, all in the palm of your hand. Just download Solo Parent app wherever you have an app platform. Yeah, it's so good. And we just love you. And we're so glad that you've taken the time to listen and be here with us. And and we love hearing from you. So do uh, reach out and connect with us. And if you haven't already, uh, subscribe now on Access More, uh, the podcast platform that we're on or wherever you get podcasts. We never want you to miss an episode. We don't want anyone else to either because there might be someone just wishing they knew this information. So another solo parent. So if you could rate the show, that will help everyone find us and we can all be on this journey together. So uh, we'd be really grateful if you would do that. That's right. And mm-hmm. find us on social media. Yes. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You love We're it. there and we'd love to have you join us. Elizabeth, thank yes. you for being with us today. Thank you. Um, a lot of wisdom. Thank you for showing up in vulnerability. Thank mm-hmm. you. Guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah. I want to leave our time with our guiding verse like we do every week. It is Isaiah 4110. It says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Thanks for being here. We'll see you again next week. Mm